0: This week's Filmmakers Podcast is brought to you by Massive, the fastest way to send and receive massive film and video files. Send uncompressed dailies, locked pictures, DCPs, and more with Massive. Spelt M A S -S V. Keep listening to hear how you can receive 100 gigabytes for free towards your next transfer. Massive. The Pard Fix (laughs) Network. And welcome to episode 257 of the Filmmaker's Podcast. This is a podcast where we talk filmmaking from indie films to studio films and everything in between how to get them made, how to make them and how to try not to F it up in a very, very humble opinion. Today we come live from AFM for you we are not live we recorded it live that doesn't make sense because you kind of record everything live but you know what I mean it was live at the time for an audience who dropped in questions and some of the questions are great as we went along now not only uh, did Ian Sharp host this podcast with me who is a brilliant producer and actor in his own right he is in Craze Code of Silence which has just come out and our last week's ep was with the writer and director Ben Moll and Luke Bailey of said film. But joining myself and Ian Sharp live in air quotes was the fantastic screenwriter and producer and director, Jed Shepherd, as well as screenwriter and producer Gemma Hurley now these two legends not only were amazing they came to join us for this live talk at afm which we recorded in november by the way so a few things have changed since then in the world like we're now in 2022 that's a big thing congratulations and welcome to 2022 by the way where do we start with these two they're absolutely fantastic they are at the moment pioneers of the indie filmmaking scene and they're going out there and getting shit done Uh, and now because of that they're making films with people like Sam Raimi and with Jason Blum and they're really just going from strength to strength and it was fantastic for me and Ian to chat with them live because we just had an open chat you know mainly about screenwriting and pitching and where ideas come from and writing alone versus writing together how that collaboration works and how you can best collaborate. And when you do have a script, where do you take it? We also talked about the pitching and the treatment uh, section and tips on how to get a meeting. We also talked about the success of Host Absolutely and questions from the audience. Honestly, this is the way to wake you up for 2022. We thought, myself and Tobias, this would be the one to get you going, to get you through the slump of Christmas now into the new year. But this is the time, people this is the time to attack it hard people are looking for projects now and they're inundated so because they're inundated what makes you stand out what makes your project better than any others that they go yes i'm going to take this one seriously what have you done to step up can't just be a script has to be better than that you have to have the better pitch the better idea the better people involved whatever it is you really have to stand out i said last week that you can go out there and make your film and i believe you can but i tell you what you need cojones to do it you need shutzpa you need something within you to really stand out and make you have and give you that opportunity to make your film, make your TV series, whatever it may be. And first of all, that's believing in yourself and having a great project. So get that bit done and then try and get the best team you can around you. That's all I can say. So learn from these podcasts. I have some shout outs to some cool people uh, over the Christmas period who were lovely. Caroline Oakes, Lucille Howe, Mark Hampton, Adam Murphy and Dean Kelly. Legends. Uh, I also want to give a shout out to John Watts, JP Watts. He's the director of The War Below. Brilliant film, brilliant war film. It's out now. You can watch it. Um, But he, a couple of weeks ago, I mentioned about his online course. Now, at the moment, it's free for 30 days. I mean, technically, that's just a 30-day trial, but (laughs) there are so many cool courses on there. It really is worth looking at. So the link is Skillshare.com and the referral is skillshare.com forward slash r uh, forward slash profile forward slash john dash what forward slash 98 <laughs> link to it is in the show notes but basically there's tons of courses for screenwriters but basically that means you get john's for free and he was willing to tell me that to let you lot know it's worth signing up uh for 29 days and then i'm signing if you want to but there's some really good courses on skillshare so i'm not necessarily persuading you to do that i'm just saying you get john's jp's brilliant course right now sign up link to that is in the show notes um we have some amazing podcasts coming up for you next week (laughs) unbelievably we have joe wright on this podcast on this very podcast the fantastic director of pride and prejudice atonement and uh, serrano which is coming out next week as well So we have Joe Wright and we have the screenwriter as well. Erica Schmidt, Uh, that is brilliant. It's going to be a good one. It's a double header for you next week. Joe Wright also directed Darkest Hour and Hannah. Uh, Some of my favorite films. Absolutely. And he was cool, as was Erica. And then there's a little special for you on Friday. Just to tie in the whole Serrano vibe. We have two lead actors for you. Uh, The star of monsters and men and it comes at night and of course serrano kelvin harrison jr and peter dinklage that's right game of thrones is peter dinklage uh, the station agent x-men days of future past and the lead in serrano serrano himself joins us on friday so what a week for you and then coming up we're recording with ian mckellen sir ian oh yeah it's going to be a great 2022 people be inspired let's do this let's do this i am heading off to new mexico on thursday to do a recce a scouting recce for one of my latest films i'll fill you in more on what that will be if it happens but i'm trying to make shit happen So I'm going to New Mexico to meet the production company down there who might be making my film and some of the potential cast as well because I'm flying back via LA. I'm trying to make stuff happen. So hopefully that inspires you as well. Sometimes you just have to take a chance and this is me taking the chance and going, well, if I don't do it, maybe no one else will. So I'm going to New Mexico, wish me luck. uh, And then we'll be back next Tuesday for you (laughs) for Joe Wright. I love it. I love it. So enjoy this episode it is myself the fantastic producer and actor ian sharp and our wonderful guests jed shepherd and Gemma hurley live from afm live in inverted commas enjoy
1: We are here with our next session titled How to Make Your Movie with the Filmmaker's Podcast.
0: It is my pleasure to introduce the hosts of the Filmmaker's Podcast, Giles Alderson and Ian Sharp. Thank you so much. Hello, everyone. Uh, Welcome. Hey, Ian. How are you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. Very well. How are you? Very good. Uh, Hello, everyone. We thought we'd introduce our guests straight away because they are fantastic. It is, of course, Jed Shepherd and Gemma Hurley. Hello.
2: Hey, guys. Thanks for having us.
0: Uh, Yeah, this is wonderfully bizarre, isn't it? This is AFM live and we're chatting away to some lovely people out there. We're here to talk about how to make your film and from our experiences how to do that. Uh, Let's introduce ourselves. Let's go around and do the normal introduction. Jed, let's start with you. Uh, tell us about yourself, the films you've made, the, the stuff you do so people know. My name's Jed Shepherd. I am a writer, producer, director,
2: um, probably best known for writing and EPing host, uh, directed by Rob Savage, the upcoming Blumhouse film, Dashcam, which co-wrote and, and co-exec produced. Also uh, currently doing a live action video game, with all the girls from host uh that's called ghosts Confusingly, it's called ghosts (laughs) and uh, that comes out in, in february
0: and uh yeah some other stuff that hasn't
2: hasn't been announced yet but very cool
0: very cool indeed ian let's come to you next so hey guys so uh
1: i am definitely a multiple hat wearer so uh started out as an actor still do every now and again when i'm i'm lucky enough to but also i am a film producer and a financed Uh, some films as well. Um, And uh, for anyone's interested, uh, I also, uh, randomly, if you're any actors out there, I own a talent agency here in the UK as well. So if you want any uh, advice on that side of it, let me know. Amazing. Uh, And Gemma?
3: Yes, I am a screenwriter. I co-wrote Host with Jed and Rob, and I also co-wrote Dashcam with these guys, which was amazing. Um, But... On Dash Cam too? And I am an EP on on dashcam, uh, which is great. But yes, other than that, I'm a TV uh, writer. Usually, I do a lot of. Um, I've been doing a lot of kind of staff writing on uh, like some Netflix and BBC shows, and hopefully one that's going to be coming out on Amazon. So fingers crossed
0: that is so exciting uh, I'm Charles Alderson uh, I run the Filmmakers Podcast which Ian uh, hosts with me and Jed and Gemma have been on so if you want to hear more about them talking separately then do go to thefilmmakerspodcast.com and put their names into the search bar and you'll be able to listen to them talk some more yes I am lucky enough to have directed four features including The Dare which is my debut movie which came, was out on Netflix this weekend in Canada and it got to number three which was, I was just over the moon about which is just super fun and you <laughs> Thank you. Um, serial Killers Guide to Life. I produced. I've just finished producing Three Day Millionaire, and I'm in post on Wolves of War, my fourth directed movie. So that is a little bit about us. Uh, like I said, we run the Filmmakers Podcast, and uh, we do like to talk about how to make films all the time. And myself and Ian thought it'd be great to get Jed and Gemma on, especially after the success of Host, and I imagine Dashcam too. But we can talk about maybe a little bit about that, or maybe not. We might keep it secret. Um, but the fact is, it thought it'd be great for us to chat and you guys can ask questions whenever you want. It's all there in the search bar. If you want to ask us a question, then do and we'll get to it if and when we can. Right. Uh, let's start us off with ideas. Making movies is never easy. It's really hard. One of the hardest things is coming up with a great idea that other people want to run with. And what I mean by that is it's all well and good to you say, hey, I've got this great idea. But if no one runs with you, Unless you've got a load of money and you can sort stuff out yourself, it's not great. So you've got to pitch it. You've got to come with this great idea. So I thought, first of all, we could just talk about where we find ideas, where our inspiration comes from and where we can uh, inspire others to to maybe get inspiration. Um, Jed, you're nodding away. Let's start with you on that.
2: Well, a lot of my ideas just come from... Like I'm, people may know I'm I'm the biggest horror fan. Like all I do is watch horror films all day every day, consume horror media, horror news, books, comics, TV shows. That's all I genuinely, that's like all I really care about. Like it's really sad, but all I care about is horror. So, and I have done since I was a little (laughs) child and I think I mentioned on your podcast, the reason why I'm so into horror is because my mum is very superstitious. She's into various different mythologies. Uh, and she's from the Philippines and she instilled in, into me that monsters are real and ghosts are real and you have to be careful of these creatures so I spent my formative years researching these creatures and finding out how I can defeat them because I knew at some point I'll meet a werewolf and I'll need to know how to defeat him. <laughs> so I just watched every bit of horror like media you can just to protect myself and because I was, it was a life or death situation. Like it's, it's just become like my DNA now. And um, so, when I come with ideas, a lot of them come from the, these childhood fears of having to meet these creatures and what I would do in that situation. A lot of my ideas, especially ones that you'll see, that unannounced ideas, unfortunately, but ideas that are coming out in the in the future are ideas I've had for a long time. I also am a massive fan of the Fourteen Times. I, I don't know if, if, if anyone out there knows it, but it's a monthly magazine that collates all of the weird news from around the subscriber. And I have been genuinely since I was a kid. And every month I get I get this magazine with about two thousand different story ideas in it from weird news around the world. And it's just it's like, am I the only one who's looking at this? Because this is just such a great source of information. Brilliant.
0: What was it called again, Jed? Sorry, Jed. What was it
2: called again? Uh, the 14 Times. It's great. And like, just go, if you go back to the back issues from the 70s and the 80s, like the incredible stories there. Another massive place I get um, ideas from is Reddit. Um, but don't go to the horror sections or like the, the scary stories. Go to like the, the weird stories about people's real life situations because that's where you find the real gems because true life is often stranger than than, than fiction yeah just one more before passing together is um i collect vhs so um used like presets vhs from yeah presets mostly horror and oftentimes those vhs have never been converted to dvd or streaming so these are like lost stories out there and i often think ah, if someone just gave that a 21st century spin um it, it would it would really work so that's where I get a lot of ideas from as well, like kind of forgotten films and forgotten ideas.
0: That's brilliant. Fourteen times and time. sounds brilliant, especially when you're, you're trying to come up with different ideas because, you know, it's easy to get sort of fallen into the, the same trap of coming up with the same idea or it's something similar. We've heard it before. And one thing that we really do have to do as filmmakers is be unique and be a different and be... Well, why else are you going to get noticed? You know, that's why hosts got noticed so well because it was different, it was interesting. Um, and I imagine Dashcam the same. And I think that's really important. So, 14 times sounds great. Uh, Coco says, Yeah, you're bound to meet a, a werewolf. I've met some a few times, which is, <laughs> well, of course, of course you have. So, Gemma, same with you then. Ideas, where do we find these ideas uh, for you? What happens?
3: Gosh, you know, it really depends on the project. Um, like, I don't just do horror, I do um, like fantasy fantasy and sci-fi and all kind of weird and want, anything that makes me feel wonder or dread is kind of where I like my sweet spot, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I think in terms of, yes, like, you know, it's really difficult to come up with unique ideas. I, but I think what I try to do is less, less, less necessarily about like a completely like, oh my God, I've never even considered this idea as a thing before. It's more about the execution and how I can bring something true and authentic, um, to an idea, you know, like something that touches on like a experience I have in a relationship, or that a weird, uh, surreal experience I had as a child. You know, with like, you know, there was something in my my room that I always felt was like watching me, or like whatever it is, just something that, or I've heard from a friend, or, or you know, or from like a podcast I've heard, you know, something like that. Just try and. Create something that um, resonates with something in me that I'm trying to get out, I guess, Mm -hmm. like a feeling, if
0: that Mm. makes sense. Yeah, totally does. Getting a feeling out is one of the hardest things, isn't it? You have this sense of dread or sense of something or sense of adventure, but putting it down into an idea is really hard. Yeah. I love how, where people's ideas come from and why our brains work the way they do. Sometimes it could be from a dream, can't it? Or a memory or someone says something in a a club or a bar or football or whatever, and suddenly you go, oh, that triggered something. Something. You might write it down. You might not look at it again for ages. But then, when you do, you go, "Oh God, yeah, that, that, and that connects to that." And especially when you're stuck. I like to write a load of ideas down in a notebook and just have them there as ideas so when I do get stuck or a a snippet of a line or something I like so that moment where you go you can just go back and flick through and go oh that'll do for now to get me through because that's what it's about right when you get that stage when you're developing something or script writing it is that for me it's about finishing it you know what I mean get it to a stage where it's ready to actually then start working on it I don't know how you feel Gemma but is that similar yeah
3: absolutely but I was also gonna say um like i don't know if there's in the audience but sometimes it can be you know if you could feel a bit like stuck and there's a sort of you know blank page i find it quite fun to sort of have a um a competition with yourself a sort of like um you have one minute come up with like you know five ideas you know and then like pick your favorite idea from that and then like write a bit more you know like to with so you don't judge yourself i suppose and just kind of like vomit draft like all these weird and wacky things out and see what you're kind of subconscious I guess is kind of pulling mm-hmm. without you having to like get a little get too academic or intellectual about it but just kind of like feel the kind of creativity at that kind of early stage without judgment i find it quite useful
0: yeah creativity I yeah no that's good I like that idea of a little competition with yourself I kind of do it with sweets sometimes and I you know I'm I have to say I'm addicted to sweets sometimes you know it's my thing and I'll be like don't have another one until you've done the next scene don't do it don't do it and it's it, I'm not saying do that I'm saying that that sometimes works for me it's that whatever it is to sort of get you through to inspire you to 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 do it
2: that's exactly why I, I I do
0: I I have a reward
2: system with myself um and it started <laughs> off it started off genuine this is genuine it started off saying that if I if I wrote 10 pages of a script or something then I then that equals ice cream but then it's now it's down to about if I do two pages, it's just like, I
0: deserve an ice cream. I deserve the best ice cream mm-hmm. made to man. So uh, I've eaten a lot of ice cream. Um, <laughs> <don't like> <laughs> because it is hard. You Sometimes you're battling on your own, and that's why it's great you guys write together. I know, Jimmy, you, you write on your own, but I much prefer writing uh, as well as, as collaborating. But I much prefer writing on my own um, with other people. I, I enjoy the camaraderie, and I enjoy the way we talk and communicate and have fun with between the idea, and if I get stuck, I just go, "I'm stuck." What, what do you think? And they will then bat it back, and that's great. When well, Jamie, you've done both quite a lot. Talk us through how the benefits and cons of collaborations, or not.
3: <laughs> there are well, there are both. Um, what well, I was going to say first of all is that, like, some of my favorite like memories from, I mean, obviously the lockdown year when we wrote hosts together. Those were some of my favorite memories. Like that, those two weeks when we, you, me, and uh, Rob, which kind of this kind of over zoom kind of thing and pushing ideas and making each other laugh. It was just such a delightful joy. That's when it's like working a hundred percent, wonderfully where you know you everyone's kind of on the same page we only had a certain amount of time to do it and if, so there was you know no time to kind of second guess or to right. you know go down any rabbit holes it's just like this is fun and let's just do it and no expectations with dash cam as well it was just you know i was looking over some like screenshots i took the other day of us like mucking about when we were kind of coming up with the idea for it and you just see where everyone's just like laughing it's just such a joy mm. but you know I'm, but then sometimes i've had other experiences where you know sometimes it's really difficult i've had lots of experiences in writers rooms where sometimes it it, it isn't like quite a quite an easy experience but sometimes i've had wonderful experiences in writers rooms and i think in those it, to compare i suppose in those it was a it's not quite as collaborative because you know there's a bit more of a hierarchy involved um and it depends on the makeup of the room and if you know if there's respect and if people you know the same everyone's kind of steering in the same direction or whether they're pulling in different directions that can cause tension it's a mixed beast and you know i could talk about that for a very long time but um on my own but yeah it's what you're saying giles um sometimes you know it can be a very lonely experience writing alone you just want to be able to you know, I don't know, just someone to like, hold your hand and be like, yes, this is good, dear. It's okay. You know, keep going. You know, you're in the, you're in the quagmire right now, but it will get Mm -hmm. better. Um, You just have to keep putting one foot in front of the other. Um, Are you guys familiar with that wonderful graph where it's like, you know, you start with an idea and it's, um, oh, this is the best thing ever. And then it's like, oh, this is okay And it's like, oh, God, this is horrible. And it's like, (laughs) well, maybe it's not shit. And at the end, it's yeah, that's like the last stage. It's like, this is okay now? With writing alone. But yeah, I do. I love I love working with other people. But um, sometimes I feel like, you know, if you are writing alone, you can go to those sort of like more internal places and maybe do a little bit of more um exploratory you know places in a kind of safe space for yourself as well so it just depends on the project
0: mm. yeah i totally agree um jed do you want to jump in on that as well well i think one of the the, the main words i
2: think about when i think about collaboration is is compromise especially with hosts like because me and, and rob are so used to like doing stuff to, to together with, Host was the first time we brought someone else into the mix. So is I this think... something
3: you need to say to me, Jed? Is this, <laughs> is this it
2: now? Is this the <laughs> moment? <laughs> AFM live. Oh. I love that, Steve. Come on. No, but no, but it, it was good. And I was think, it, and I would just think how hard it was for Gemma to to come into this uh, dynamic. It, like honestly, I can't even imagine how hard it was to to come into this dynamic where you've got two pretty headstrong guys who think they know everything. um and uh and having to like drop into that and 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 but like gemma like more than like like lived up to to our expectation and yeah it's just great it it was just really really great but like there is an element of of compromise when it comes to collaboration whereas if you are writing yourself obviously you can just see your idea through to the end for good or for bad because sometimes you really do need someone to tell you your idea is terrible. <laughs> this idea is terrible. But because no one's uh, no one's kind of like caught that yet, it's really only when you get notes off people that you go, oh, okay, I wish I heard that earlier. So I wouldn't waste two months of my life writing <laughs> like, Act 3. But yeah, like f- for me, yeah, there are pros and cons for both. But obviously in the last two things, dashcam and, and Host, it's it's been great. And like working with Gemma and Rob, it's been brilliant and obviously it's proved very successful and I can't think of any other way we would have done it. It's, it's brilliant.
0: I, yeah, I, I really do love collaborating. I think, I don't know, I feel freer. I feel safer. I feel more alive and sometimes when like, I can get lost in my own head. I'm writing and I do enjoy that Ian from the producer standpoint then when you're working with writers you're collaborating on an idea that's come to you uh and you're you're developing that together let's say how does that relationship work then as the producer and then the writer relationship from your side
1: I mean I think you guys have already touched on collaboration for me is, is everything like I really struggled if it is I mean obviously this isn't isn't from a writer's perspective, but as a producer, you know, you're trying to create something almost from nothing, you know, you're trying to generate work as well. And, and it can be very overwhelming, particularly in lockdown, when you're not seeing anyone else, you know, I mean, I, I literally travel from my office, which is, you know, in, in my house, to downstairs to the kitchen, that's my <laughs> life. You know, sure. when I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to produce movies and, and run businesses and stuff. It's, it's very overwhelming. So I, I have to allow myself like a 10 minute 15 minute dog walk or whatever just to to, to give myself some <laughs> i don't know like fresh air uh, mm. uh but uh, again I, I i that's the bit i really enjoy the most like uh, for me is that creative collaboration kind of process like Yesterday, you know, I was, I, you know, um, without sounding like a no, I, maybe I won't tell that story. But uh, uh, you know, I was very
2: It's not,
1: it's not to show off. It, it, but it was, it was an idea that was just we just weren't getting any momentum. And then, mm. God willing, you know, we got a really, you know, a, an A list star. We got the script to him, and he, he just said, "Yeah, I'm, I'm very interested." But he gave all these these notes, and we'd be, bear in mind we have been round and round and round the houses with it and literally just speaking to this actor of of such you know caliber and he just had these most amazing notes and it's just reignited and rejuvenated the the whole project and script and 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 that for me was just like wow all those years of kind of obscurity with that it's it's worth it so i I, you know again yeah collaboration is is kind of you literally cannot do it alone anyway so um Mm -hmm. and just with this this film at the moment you know it's a studio movie and I would really struggle if I didn't have a colleagues producing partner with me because there are so many times I go, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't have the answer to this, to this, to this question, you know? So having those other people around you um, to kind of bounce ideas off or to help do the work with you and delegate, it's just, it's
0: everything, you know, it's everything. First of all, massive congratulations, Ian. That sounds amazing. I know how hard you've been working on that project. Um, but also, I think what's really interesting to hear there is the fact that you're okay to say, I don't know. And it's something I think a lot of filmmakers are scared of doing from the off, scared of sort of saying, actually, I don't know. I'm holding my hands up. I've not done this before. I think we've all been in a position in the past where there's so much BS in this industry where people do say, yeah, yeah, I can do that for you. and yeah find the money and yeah, I'll do this. And we, when we first started out, we don't realise that it's just absolute BS and I, it would have been so much better for me and I'm sure you guys when we were starting out, if someone just went, yeah, I might be able to get you the money, I might, I'll do my best, do you know what, I've never done this before. I'd respect that so much more and I trust that so much more and isn't it interesting how in our industry it feels like anyone can just say that at any point, but it doesn't help the situation. Yeah, I think you need to come to, 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 to everything in this game with humility. You know,
1: because uh, you'll mm-hmm. get found out, you know, because it, it it, every movie that you, you're involved in our television projects or whatever, it's always different. So you, always. you're not going to have the answers to every single scenario. So, uh, you know, don't get stuck, you know, uh, have the confidence in yourself to go, well, I don't know it now, but I'll learn, you know, mm-hmm. uh, if, 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 any, if anything, with this project, I, I normally produce with my wife. Uh, I I genuinely said, I'm like, you know what? I want this project to come with all kinds of problems now because I'm only going to learn as a producer if I go through those problems, you know? So kind of embrace it, but but then allow yourself, like we've kind of touched on, go for a walk, (laughs) get some fresh air, see some friends, you know, like you'll need that too.
0: Well, let's let's keep going on the collaboration side because that's the next sort of, topic I wanted to talk about in terms of first of all you, you see where the idea and then where you get that idea to someone influential where do you take it how do you make your film happen you know as opposed to what we're talking about and it's where where you take it Do you know what I mean? You've got friends, obviously, by now, and hopefully in the industry, you know people. But if you don't, when you're first starting out and even now, where do you take it? You know, do you be careful? Do you just send it to one group? Do you send it to others? And I think it's a really tough place to be when we first come up with an idea that maybe we haven't shared with too many people yet. I just wanted to touch on that as a thing. Where do we go who do you do you share it with your besties first do you go out to your netflix contact first i just wanted to start there this is a very big subject um <laughs> indeed, indeed. And,
2: and, and i think it's geographical as well I, I think in the uk and Charles, we've spoken about this before in other places but i think in the uk it's very hard if you're a horror filmmaker which myself and, and Gemma is to get things made, um, and Giles, of course, you know, you know in Ian, obviously, um, <laughs> it's, it's very hard because the even though a lot of people love love it here, it feels like it's not considered prestige or what, the, the places that offer that have that hold the purse strings to funding your project. If it's horror, for some reason, they they will shy away from it because maybe they want to present what they do as, as art. Um, mm. they don't want to make things for the general public. And when the inside those purse strings inside the purse is public money, it, it blows my mind that it's not giving to, to projects that would benefit the general public. For me personally, if I have a great idea, if if I, if I want to put it out there, um, I would go to, um, place outside of of the uk in, initially because i have representation i have a manager i would take it to my manager mm-hmm. who that's the easiest thing for, to do because then he can use his contacts but before that genuinely it was so hard to get things made to even get shorts made it, it was so so hard like when me and rob made mm-hmm. Drawn of the Deaf, we tried to ship it around as a feature first but no one would give us even a penny um so we decided to make it as a as uh, so the sure. shores, we thought, okay, we'll, we'll go to the various different places in the UK to get money to make this. We probably could do it for like ten grand or less, and no one would give us any money, so we just had to like pay for it ourselves, beg, mm-hmm. borrow, steal, and, and we made it. And it got into Sundance. It got into one hundred and fifty festivals, won everything at, at all festivals, and. Then I thought, ah, now everyone, now everyone's going to be falling over themselves to give us money. Nope, that wasn't the case because we were still <laughs> doing horror. So it's really difficult. Now, like in, in a post-host world, it, it's become, I think, a lot easier. Post-host, I can't quite like that. In a it post-host next world. Yeah. <laughs> um, it is a lot easier because you are a recognized person and you have something that's already kind of done well. So the people that weren't really up for giving you money or even having meetings with you, now they're the ones trying to instigate the, these meetings. And I get it. They, like people uh, w- want security in their job. They don't want to do anything that's potentially risky. They're risk adverse. Fair enough. So they will um, only go for things that are either sure things or their bets are hedged enough by co-productions or, or whatever. But yeah, like. In a nutshell, I would go to the American companies because America holds horror in a higher regard than than over here. So there's plenty of production companies and studios in America that just want unique, high-concept horror. They're, they're just dying for it. So that's where I would go first. And it is very hard if you don't have representation, to be quite honest, to get in those doors. But um, once you do,
0: then those places are, are up for grabs. That's fascinating. And... It's really interesting. We talked about this, like you said, Jed, about the whole UK and genre films, and especially horror. And it is one reason why I wanted to make The Dare... American in terms of them sound American if it's all English actors pretty much I just felt that that was the market that I could tap into for me that would be better and that was my mindset because I believe people didn't want necessarily to make horrors in this country of course we do but you're right Jed it, Sometimes is looked down upon I'm not saying always and it There's some people who love it and it does rise, but it does happen and Gemma for you. Who do you go to? first when you've got an idea who where do you want to take that if you've shaped it into some say it's a screenplay been working on by yourself for a year and you've got it into some shape where would you go where would you want to take that first so
3: i guess it's i suppose we're talking about film not tv just to kind of clarify um yes yes, okay um and it was i'm also kind of clarifying for the audience like i was wondering how many people here are writers with agents and without because as jed kind of you guys you've already touched on it it's such a different kind of um, probably Very different. Yeah. Talking about after you have an agent, uh, yes, everything gets easier, but you also still have to kind of knock on your own doors and bang your own drum and make your own opportunities. It doesn't really just all suddenly magically happen like I imagined it would do. You really do have to just, you know, keep hustling and, you know, try and um have like I've, I've got like a spreadsheet when i from when i first started with my agent um and every time i had a meeting with someone i like wrote it down and i have now i've got like you know 150 dif- individual meetings i've had with different people and i keep adding to it Felt to cool. kind of like see yeah. you know get some kind of statistics because it is like a little bit of a a war of attrition. I feel like, you know, you know, mm-hmm. after you, know, you have 10 meetings and maybe one of them goes well. And then maybe like you have a hundred meetings and then like 10 of those went really well. You know, it's, it's, it's a numbers game. And it's like, don't feel discouraged. Um, it takes time to build relationships over time where people, you know, you build up trust with people, you build up, Oh, I remember that person and what they do and trying to, you know, have something about you or your work that resonated um but to your question these days i you know i you know i've mainly been working on film with these guys obviously but i think for a film whether or not i'd write it on spec now um would be a kind of question because it is such a big mm-hmm. undertaking it's such a like you know do i want to give up you know unpaid uh, risky like you know six months of my life working on this project uh, yeah if not
0: more yeah uh,
3: you know and then I might not sell it at the end or you know what I would love to do is be able to find a collaborator I'd go you know through to one of my relationships with a producer and be like what do you think of this you know do you want to option here?" and you can mm. like give me money to develop it but in the UK um obviously in America it's very different um there isn't much development funding for speculative film scripts so it's a bit of a tricky
0: thing so um yeah it's it, it, it's a weird one if you've already got the script great uh, that's it's really interesting that and how difficult it is if you haven't got an agent and you're a screenwriter how you get your projects out there i don't know about you jed ian uh, and Gemma yourself as well i constantly you constantly get emails from new writers. Could you look at this? Could you look at this? And there's a certain etiquette, I believe, in how you should write those emails. And for me, it's always you have to have at least seen something we've done and put that first. That's the most important thing. Get our attention. Right. And you talk about this quite a lot, but it is really important, isn't it? Yeah, there has to be some kind of connection. Then if it's Mm. just cold, it's just not good
1: you're not going to get the time you you, you're you're sabotaging yourself because again what the guys have touched upon this is a relationship business you know as well uh, and trust plays a big part of that so yeah um i mean obviously i can talk about you know what would get say for example a producer's attention if you i don't know if you have an agent or you don't have an agent um but one thing I, i always advise on is is you know most producers and particularly producers that you want to have a relationship with, right? They're going to be very busy. So for me, less is more. So if someone's sending me a script, I'm not going to read it. It's just, and, and I struggle to read our own projects, you know, the drafts, because you, you know, it's two or three, four hours of your day Um, so what, what, what I would advise is always just get a killer treatment. And then, you know, if, if the producer comes back to you, uh, wanting more then by all means you're in, you know, um, but forming those relationships and what has touched on there, which a lot of people actually don't do is she logged all those names. And that's exactly what I did over 10 odd years is just just, just, you, it's, it's a long game, you know, it really is this industry. Um uh, so finally, there's a great day. Uh, I always, I should get commissioned on this, but it's called insightly. Right. And it, it just, you can just put someone's email address, you can put tags on it, whatever, and you can just file who you're talking to because you never know who that person's going to be, uh, you know, in 10 years time or whatever. Um, but sorry, Giles, I'm, I'm ranting, mate. Was there a particular thing you wanted me to talk about? No, that
0: was beautiful. It was really interesting. Very useful, yeah? Very, always, there Whenever you speak, it's useful. I have to stop the podcast a second because I have something massive to tell our listeners. Filmmakers listening right now. When you are dealing with 4 to 8K footage, you're dealing with massive files. And massive files call for massive massive spelt m-a-s-v it's the file sharing solution for the modern filmmaker and post professional Uh, we mentioned at the start of the show how you could receive 100 gigabytes for free towards your next transfer and how to do that is you simply create an account at massive.io forward slash filmmakers pod and you can quickly transfer terabytes of data over the cloud and what's special about this is massive's pay as you go model means you only pay for what you need and there are virtually no limits To the size of file you can share you can send uncompressed video to teams around the world to your exec producers to your editor wherever they are and you can speed up your production cycle so if you sign up today at massive.io forward slash filmmakers pod you can get 100 gigabytes free towards your transfer now back to the other massive thing in your life the show I suppose we were talking about where you go to with your projects, but I suppose we jump with you and say, hey, you, you've got a script now. It's been brought to you. You're now that producer with it in your hands. Who do you first go to?
1: Yeah, so so, so, so I have maybe a small handful of relationships with, with say, the Netflixes or all or, or, or the... Tr- you know, the traditional buyers. Um, so sometimes depend, it really depends on that level of relationship. Like, because you know, they're probably not going to read that project two or three times. Right. So, um, I might softly kind of pitch the idea again, this is where treatment guys make such a difference or so we are definitely unique as a production company. We do finance our, all our own development internally. And that is, that's my own resources. So I take that really serious because I would mm. never take on a project. And not give you money. It's just not right. So writers out there, don't let people take advantage of you. That's all I'm saying. you, I'm uh, Ian.
0: Yeah, no. I mean, I, 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 I everyone on I mean, here is coming to you.
1: <laughs> I know. I get it. I get it. But you've got to have skin in the game, you know. And whether it's sweat equity, but there's got to be a commitment either, mm-hmm. either way. So I'm incentivized if I'm putting money behind it, right? Um, uh, and I, I, you know, I, re- I respect how hard it is as a writer. I get it. It's incredibly difficult, and without you guys, I won't have a job. So um, uh, that's just my my little fifty pence worth there, or a doll's worth, whatever. <laughs> uh, so anyway, so sorry. Uh, I'll give you a I dollar, will, <laughs> dollar yeah, for yeah, your yeah, script. Yeah. That's I'll buy that me. for a dollar. <laughs> uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, so yeah, I I I will go out there, and depending on the on the story, the genre, the the, the talent, um, I will then cater where I will go to. So if it is a horror, like for example, this movie I'm making at the moment. With Hulu, it's a horror. It's it's a natural fit. But if it's an Audrey Hepburn biopic, maybe I could go to Hulu, but probably I'm going to go to an Amazon or a Netflix or a Focus or, or whoever. So I will be strategic and and place myself uh, uh, there. But I'm not afraid to go out and, and like I say, send a, an idea or treatment. And Jed touched on it. Once you get that kind of foot in the door, that track record, people are willing to then maybe give you, you know, a, an email response or You know, I don't mind them saying to me, it's not for us and that's fine. Nothing personal. Great. I'll just move on to someone else. So, uh, yes. But persistence.
0: And when you do send those emails to, I know it's probably people you know, but let's say it was a cold one to uh, Prime or whoever. um, We were talking about making sure that's personal, you know, it's a relationship business, right? You said it. So therefore we're saying when we're going to email someone or someone's emailing us and saying, hey, read my script, you know, that should be the last thing. And by the way, would you mind looking at my script or treatment or whatever? What do you do the same thing then? And um, I know I do when I'm producing and sending stuff out. Do you do the same things? You 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 target your your Netflixes and your Hulus by saying, "Hey, by the way, I just saw that last night. Great." I'm just really interested how that you know what you do there as well. To be honest, it's very rare now that I'll go to a company that I won't have some form of
1: connection to, and that's not because I'll know him personally. I will ask Jed. I'll ask you, Giles. I'll ask Gemma. Um, uh, I'll find a way uh, of of getting some kind of kind of soft introduction. But if not, exactly, I think it does help when you've got maybe a body of work behind you that you can highlight that in the subject header or in the emails, and it just it it kind of I hate to say validates you, but it kind of de-risk you or whatever you know they, they they'll give they might give you a little bit of time that's not to say everyone responds because they really really don't but but yeah that that that's kind of what I'd, uh, i'll do but um yes when i'm doing a soft email uh, you know a, a cold email out there sorry i'm not straight away the first email i'm looking for finance like I, it, it doesn't work like that i i will uh, i i'll try and go to events like this you know whether online or, or personal and just try and get that connection knowing full well that in a year's time I might be able to go direct to them do you you know what I mean so Mm -hmm. it's very few and far between I'll do a cold email if I'm if I'm being totally honest now
0: yeah it does make a difference once you've had a few films out it does I know it's still not easy you're now batting in the higher you're now hitting up here whereas before you were trying to grab whatever you could it's still hard it's still really hard but you're right you do have a little in it's like actually I've been through the trenches too I've done this too we've written this too uh, and uh, that can make a big difference but again i think you've got to be very careful with your emails and very uh, you know really important not to just be read me or look at my project it's so important yeah
1: linkedin so, guys linkedin is the worst for that so just don't be that guy <laughs> you know just sending cold linkedin messages i'm just never going to read it i'm sure most people I've never
2: don't have it never have to do it no it's but but a waste okay. it Don't do it. Yeah, I was going to say, like, the other thing about building relationships, um, like, a lot of writers do generals with with studios and and production companies and stuff. And the generals are are there to not pitch anything, but just just to establish that relationship, introduce yourself, and you're not selling a project, you're selling yourself. So as long as you kind of get on with that person, you can keep that relationship going forever. And a few months, a few years down the line, it could be like, Oh, I've actually got something that would suit you perfectly. And because you have a, an organic, natural relationship which isn't built on you begging them for some money, then they will feel more inclined to, to work with you because working with someone in a film is a in- time investment. It's a mental space investment. Build a relationship with and know that they're going to be legit on set and because the worst thing to do is is, is agree to do a project with someone and the first day on set you, the, you come to the realization oh this person's a nightmare mm-hmm. so like having this this strong relationship that you've built over time is so so important it's, it's the fit
3: that the familiarity and I think the theme of relationships keeps coming up and it is a little bit like dating you know you do sometimes get those like cold emails where it's like you know read my script and make this and it's like it's like the equivalent of like uh, if you're dating it's like do you want to marry me like straight up it's like whoa dude you know, <laughs> it does feel like that and just remembering that like I think apologies I don't know what the demographic of this group is but if we're talking about people who don't have an agent yet I remember when I was first starting out like I really did think it was all about the silver bullet project and like how can I get this silver bullet project that I yeah, spent like indeed. Yep. three years of my life writing between my like real like my uh my full-time job you know it, it means so much to me how can I get this how's this gonna make make me and inevitably like I still haven't got that project mate. it wasn't about that project it was about how can I start forming those relationships of people that in like five years time are gonna you know i will make something else with them like the only reason i ended up doing host was because i had a random coffee with rob because someone else recommended me to rob you know it's just you cannot predict what route you're going to take in and you have to try lots of different things like you know i've done like writing speculative scripts i've done sending scripts to film festivals i've done collaborating i've tried so many different ways in and done the cold email things Mm. done the you know you have to like Try, like you know just see it it's like this is a war and it's gonna take time um but like you know along the way i'll make some friends and we're gonna go into battle i guess mm-hmm. I don't know. maybe it shouldn't be so com- so combative a metaphor but like it really is about like who is gonna be my like fellowship of the rings on on the way i guess and finding those people and you just don't know who they're gonna be um but it's not about this is my secret yeah. project so- that is
2: Thing. To Mordor for some reason. We are, yeah, no. we're
3: going to
0: Mordor. This is, <laughs> Boy, right, it's Hollywood Mordor in this. However, we get there, right? However, we get there because it is so hard doing it. This, this trying to make a movie is really hard. And you're right, it is going to battle. It is because you've really got to have your head screwed on in every single level of the way. As, as Ian said there and said, you don't want to get screwed over and there's no when we're starting out it can happen you know and you've really got to understand the business and it is a business and we're learning all the time aren't we in about this as a business and it's you know you can make it, the worst film in the world but if it sells everywhere makes loads of money and you now can make another movie and that's kind of crazy but it's something we talked about isn't it Ian? yeah i mean i think it's so important guys to just
1: have a a very basic understanding of Everything <laughs> in, the, in, in this industry, just so you can at least be in the conversation, you know, because you're, you're right, you know, you can make a movie and it can be seen everywhere. And you think, well, I've not been paid a single penny for it. So you need to arm yourself with experience. And again, that's another thing about building your you know, your allies, you know, you can refer to someone like yours. you know, or whoever, wherever, what level you're at, it doesn't matter if they've not made a movie, but they've maybe made a short or something and they're getting it onto a a short film platform. Surround yourself with allies because, yeah, you know, it is... It's a money, it's a money-making industry, right? You know, it's a, it's commerce. It's
0: yeah. It's called business for a reason, isn't it? The film business. Uh, it's not the film pleasure, sadly. Um, but yeah, I think I think it is really important to to do that. Hold a boom for your mates. Film, act in a thing. Uh, you know, if you want to be a director, learn to act, learn to edit. You know, it's all these little things it's so important that you can actually do. You know what the actor is going through. You know what the editor needs for the shot. I think things like that. And again, apologies if we're we're teaching you, you know, how to suck eggs. here there might be. Loads loads of experienced people here apologies and i hope it's uh, it's still interesting for you i want to touch back on the treatment side of things a little bit because we touched on it and said hey don't spend time writing a script necessarily on spec why not just write a log line or a pitch or a treatment how would you present that you know to your producing partners you're someone you've just met down the pub someone you met at afm how would you present that I'm, i make treatments so- or all the time, like, and they full on with designs and images, uh, or are they just kind of log lines? What or mixture?
2: I remember when I first started making trims, I was told just just keep it simple, just put words on a page. But then I realised that is not really the best way to present these things, like especially with genre stuff with, with horror stuff. You want visuals. You, w- you want to s- see monsters. You want to you see this world. So um, yeah, if you see any of the the pitch decks, treatments that, that I do, it, it often comes with a whole bunch of, of images from various different comps. And yeah, it's presented in a way where by the time you finish reading this, and it, it may be five pages, it may be 12 pages, 20 pages. By the time you finish reading it, you will want to make this or or else, basically, or you, or you think you're not doing your job properly. And you just got to make it exciting, because mm-hmm. if, if the project's exciting for, for you and you manage to put that onto the page, and the person reading it might buy into that excitement too. So, um, so yeah, I, like I've made loads of them, and and it's the best way, I think, to get get it across, because it's a, a, it's a big commitment for someone to read a script. So if you're writing something on spec, I think it's very hard to convince someone to read a whole script, and if they do, maybe they'll read only the first 20 pages, which a lot of companies do. Maybe the first 40, if if you're lucky. Some, they only read the first 10 pages. So I think the easiest way to cut all that out is is just do um, a treatment or a pitch deck. Even a one-pager is like, just, just to kind of get your foot in the door and say, hey, can we have a meeting about this?
0: Human relationships are so, so important. It's like Jed mentioned about his treatment and saying by the end of them reading this, you know, 12, 15, 30 page treatment, they should want to do this movie. They, and imagine if that uh, enthusiasm was in the room. So for me, it's all about getting in the room. If you can portray something that says to me as the producer, hey, I want to meet this guy or girl. They're writing, that's really exciting. They seem exciting and their enthusiasm then rubs off on me. I know that's how the dare came about because I went and pitched to the exec, you know, and, I really went for it and it became a studio movie because of it, you know, and I know that it was from my enthusiasm, I totally know that it was from me believing in this project and I think you have to, I think you can't go into anything half-assed, you've really got to believe in in what you're making, but I suppose it is about how lengthy these treatments are and I suppose it's just different for each one, how much effort and time you want to put into it, but it's like you said Gemma, should you spend six months to a year if not longer writing a feature or spend maybe three weeks a month developing a really cool idea on with images
3: i would touch on that like i appreciate like sometimes i hate i hate treatments i hate them so much it's like Mm -hmm. i didn't want to become a writer to write a sales document which is essentially what treatments are
0: yeah using other people's work as well (laughs) i mean yeah often images from other people's films
3: yeah and it's it's a very different thing and i like luckily i you know i I, before i was a writer one of my full-time jobs was like working in a like marketing, like, you know, sales job, you know, so I I, I understood a little bit about how it works, but it is a little bit soul destroying. Um, if you, if you happen to be in like a phase where you're writing treatment after treatment, after treatment, and you're not finding that time to write, it really is about finding that balance. Yes. I do obviously love writing more, but it just, just takes so longer. And, you know, you can't, you can't take all those risks of doing like a Another feature film, speculatively, without any kind of sense of like there might be someone to catch you at the other end and might like, pay for it. it. It's hard. It's a real risk. I mean, for us, for our
1: perspective, you know, you can come to us with just because uh, I, I appreciate it, it can be quite daunting, particularly if you're if you're a writer, you know, you know, to then think, well, I have to be a graphic designer now and I need to do all this. It can uh-huh. be a bit overwhelming there, and there are experts that really do specialize in that so you know maybe if you are reaching out to production companies just one page with just maybe a i'm, I'm not even bothered of a log line just just i just want to know what the film is going to be you know mm-hmm. what's the kind yep. of like core core of the movie uh, and then let me come to you and then we'll go out there and we'll 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 develop that 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 killer treatment i know i, I maybe i said that uh, i'll i'll specifically go out there to an expert um it's it's funny actually we got one script um that we've attached an actor to of note and um he actually said look the 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 the, the, the outline synopsis treatment was better than the script (laughs) like the script doesn't (laughs) deliver on what uh, but the the concept is so good Mm -hmm. can we now work on the script again and we're like well yeah of course if you'll do it then 100 so um so you, you you just never know um so so don't be daunted by that guys i mean like Jed is an incredible filmmaker and obviously got all these amazing ideas. He he probably can create all these images and stuff like that as well. But I mean, I know I couldn't, like literally I wouldn't have a clue. Um, but yeah, but, but, but please do, don't be afraid.
0: I think you've got to do whatever you can to get, through the door. It's what we say, get through the door, get that meeting. And we got uh, questions, we'll start doing these and we'll come back to what we're talking about uh, in a minute. But first of all, a couple of questions. And exactly what I talked about here is from Catherine Hayes. She asks, any top tips to initiate a general meeting? I suppose it's kind of what we've been talking about really, but what the top tips are you know make sure you're pre- prepared and you've got everything there and you're not just writing hey read my script uh, anything else uh, anyone else want to jump in on that
2: well it's not really how to get it it's more what you do when you do when you when you do get it um research that nice. company research the person you're about to speak to check out what mm-hmm. films they've done before research the company because the one thing that may help you is especially if you've got IMDb pro go look at that production company that studio see what they've got in the pipeline so you can see a general trend of where that where they're heading to and then in the meeting you can you can gear what you're say what you're saying towards them and also don't be afraid to ask them the kind of things they're looking for as well because maybe they're looking mm-hmm. for a, a movie about witches witches is hot right now let and then you can go well I've got this idea about uh, for a witch movie and yeah, and also speak to your friends, like other writers who've had generals with that with, with that company as well. Yeah, just research, 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 research. I made the mistake once; I'll never do it again. I was speaking to this production company, and, and I was I was just it's probably like the fifth one I had that particular day, and I was just like kind of tired, and, just going, and I was just giving my normal spiel, and I'm usually very very upbeat in these meetings, but I was just really tired that day that day, so I wasn't giving it my hundred percent, and they were saying. Oh yeah, that's, that's a cool idea. Like Darren would be really into that. And I was like, oh, who, am I meant to know who Darren is? And then they kept going on and on and on. And I was like, I'll oh, Google this company I was speaking to. Oh, it's Darren Aronofsky's company. And they're saying Darren Aronofsky might be interested in this idea. And then wow. I just switched on and I was like, okay, cool. Right. So let, <laughs> let this idea. <laughs> <laughs> but I could I could, have, I could have saved myself like a lot of trouble and probably actually nailed that, whatever that was, uh, if I did a little bit of research
0: up, up front. So yeah, so, so don't be me, like do, do your research. <laughs> there we go. Top tip. Gemma, any top tips from you? For means?
3: Um, yes, just to echoing um, sort of what we were saying earlier. I think I've heard, you know, people talk about the elevator pitch a lot, which mm. sounds to me like if I was on the receiving end of that, it sounds like hell it's like, I don't know why people say that, like, that's what people want to hear, how people want to hear ideas. Like you've just been kind of attacked, um, you know, and kind of like forced us <laughs> into some of to get out of this
0: elevator. From ah. someone you don't
3: know. It's, it's a horrible. We're human beings. And yeah. like, in, in the same way that, yes, of course you're there because you want them to, you know, you're hoping there'll be a good outcome where they'll buy something from your, you know, or the, from the conversation. But really it's also a two-way thing. And I don't mean this is in a... Sort of arrogant way of you're talking to like Paramount. Like, I mean, Mm. like, do you want to work with them? Like, is there a, is the person you're talking to, do you, how can you find a connection? Like, do you have anything in common? Like, what do they like? Why do they like film or, you know, is there, do you have anything in common other than like trying to sell them something, like as a human being sitting across from you? Um, Yes. And I guess, The sort of other thing is like, remember that, you know, if you're, if you are just starting out, like they might not want to make your project, but they might read your script and be like, oh, this is a fantastic writer. I'm not going to buy that thing, but they'd be great for this other thing that they don't know about. Like whether it's Mm -hmm. an adaptation or, or they, you know, or they'll remember you in like three years time. If you kind of keep that relationship fresh and keep like saying, you're sending them ideas through, as you know, it's all about that kind of thing. So just be a person. Uh, And I know it's like, um, you know, scary at first, but really like after you've had a few, you know, it gets demystified. So just human beings.
0: Beautiful, Gemma. It's so true. I, I totally agree. Be a human being. And it makes sense. Don't try and be something, research them. If they like football, great. And you like football, talk about football for a bit. You know, it's really important that you connect because like Gemma says, they might not want you for this project. They might not want your film here, but they might like you. And that's what it's about. It's forging those relationships for the next, next step. And we got a question here from Laurie D. Whitman. I thought it would be interesting for us to ask. If you had one person to, person to reach out to for help with the next step in producing a feature, who should it be? A lawyer, another producer, or hire a mentor?
1: I mean, I wouldn't hire a mentor. I'd try and find, create, one. find a mentor. Yeah. Mm. I've um, not heard that one before. But uh, yes, a mentor is... I can only speak for myself, was an absolute game changer for me. Uh, And I can definitely share my tips on how I did that. Again, it's about researching who they are. And, for example, like I would go to maybe a a film market and that person would be doing a presentation or I'd listen to a podcast or whatnot. And now I would go out my way to write to that person on on a personal level, maybe a handwritten note or... Or, or if they say, like what Jed mentioned there, I'm I'm a huge football fan. If they mention, oh, they're an Arsenal fan or something, I'd probably send them a little, I, 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 I'd send like a note, you know, just saying, um, you know, I appreciate the time. And, and I'd send them a little, like, book on an Ars- Arsenal or something. At the same time, I want to, I value someone's time. So, um, and that's a small token. I don't like a big big, lengthy message. It's just a little note saying just a small token of my appreciation. Uh, and then... Hopefully that person responds because I'll always leave my email address and then you're, you've kind of got an in. So maybe in three months time or six months time, when you've got that treatment ready, you maybe can then, you know, uh, uh, maybe, um, send it over. So, uh, but yes, mentors, 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 and you can have, and again, it doesn't have to be someone that's made 50 movies. It could be someone that's literally Mm -hmm. made one short film you know, they're just a few months ahead of you. So don't get bogged down by that. And then when you make that short film, go and find someone that's made a feature and then made a feature, three features, whatever. I am i haven't made film budgets, you know, ab- above like 30, 40, 50 million or whatever. Like I don't want to F it up. So I'm going to find everyone who's made those kind of movies um, and, 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 and get as much advice as I can. So don't be afraid.
0: And what's great about this business is we do help each other I feel that way certainly when I first started I didn't feel that way and maybe it's doing the filmmakers podcast maybe it's just being open about budgets and open about what we're trying to do that it's made everything a lot easier I don't know why but yeah when I first started it was this closed industry and it was really hard to get in and it was really difficult to knock down those doors and I think people are seem to be open and if you can talk to someone at an event like Ian says go to these events go to networking parties now we can it's opening up a little. Bit if you can go and you feel like you should go, then yes, you can talk to these people. AFMs is a perfect time. You've got you've all, they've all got little characters. Everyone, you know what they do. You can click on them now and say, "Hey, it's it's a really easy chance to communicate and talk to people." Whereas in the past, it has been a lot harder because no one's got a sticker on them saying what job they do. Um, so it has been harder. Now it's easier for you to do that. I think to, for me to answer that question, oh, I mean, lawyers is so important. What I've just been through now, literally just wrapped a movie. Uh, three weeks ago and you know i was talking to my lawyer all the time on that movie and it's shares at the moment and it's investors and financiers. stuff that i never wanted to do as a creative and a producer director it was and a writer and suddenly now i'm doing all that side you know it's it's hugely important the film business to understand it and it's insanely tough so mine would be lawyer right now but i think normally if i my new project now I'd probably find that producer I wanted to work with on it. Yeah, I suppose let's let's talk about the success of Host and what happened afterwards, because I think that's a really important step for filmmakers. People, often we make a film and we get to that point which is real in everyone's life. Everyone thinks something's going to happen. And realistically, what happens is your film comes out and no one necessarily rings. You've got to still be the one ringing. You've still got to be the one knocking on the door. And you look at the success of, success of Host and then you signed the, the 3 picture deal with Blumhouse. Let's just talk a little bit about that and, and your expectations and what happened and how you dealt with it. And would you have dealt with something differently? Well, obviously it was extremely
2: unexpected because again, we made it for very little money and very little time with our friends and so we had no expectations for it, so it was news to us when it when it blew up. So we really weren't prepared for it, and we still I'm still processing it in my mind. Like, what happens? Like, what's going on? How do we, how do we replicate this formula? So yeah, so I mean, obviously, be, Host is now been voted the scariest movie of all time. It's on in all of the the top lists and Empires. Amazing one of the, the greatest horror films of all time as well it's up there with the shining and so. it's it's not it's, it's it's insane and and like it's, it's really hard like being obviously you know how how much i'm into horror just thinking of myself as a little kid trying to think of these horror ideas and like it's it's insane just to think that wow we made the scariest movie of all time <laughs> it's just so hard to comprehend but it's a little part of me that Kind of knew it would happen. I was like, like this. Ha- this has to be for something. Like watching the horror films twenty four seven since I was like five ha- has to, mm-hmm. has to be for a reason. So, so maybe this is a reason. I don't know. But yeah, and and just very quickly before time it has made things a, a lot easier. I would say, um, and it's very very hard to explain to other people. Like, okay, you just have to do this, and then it equals this. Because it's, <laughs> I, I'm not sure if there is going to ever be another host, like. I, I, it, it's like a once a decade a kind of film comes along that kind of captures the zeitgeist like that. Will we ever do it again? I, I'm I'm not sure. Hopefully, dashcam is something like that. Um, but but who knows?
3: I mean, echo everything you just said, you know, no expectations. Yeah, it, it's it's been really nuts, and it has opened some doors. And in some ways, it it, it hasn't. In some ways, things are just the same because you're you know we're still sort of just in our bedrooms on Zoom, you know? I mean, we started, right, I was thinking about this. We started working on Dashcam. um, Like, Host came out last, like, beginning of August, let's say, you know, on Shudder, and we were writing. We started coming up with Dashcam at the end of August, so, like, a month later, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, There was, like, no, there was no space between those two projects. It was really just, like, go. Um, And, you know, it would be really interesting to hear from rob um the co-director sorry the director and co-writer and doug the producer about what that was like um but really just yeah just trying to like you know just go with that zeitgeist and go with that you know you feel like you, you can't miss that opportunity oh my god like you you have you have to just go for it it's quite a uh, it's 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 a it's a, it's a beast i guess while you're still kind of wrapping your head around it all and realizing oh people are going to see this film now and in the previous film i didn't think people were going to see it and it really does change things to start in a subtle way but yeah i mean once once dash comes out like it'd be great to have another chat about it but um yeah it's, it's just been i'm still i'm still processing it honestly i really i really can't give you a straight answer at the moment i,
2: I remember the week after host came out and we started yeah. to see it become what it eventually was me and Rob just went to this local cafe like because me and Rob we we lived on the same road up until very recently. We went to our local <laughs> cafe which we we always do and we just sat there in like almost disbelief like what what's just happened? <laughs> what's happened? Because obviously we had like we've got a movie with Studio Canal coming up and a movie with Sam Raimi. Rob's just announced his Stephen King movie. And but it was this little it was this little movie we made with our friends really quickly. That's kind of The thing that's kind of just propelled us. I was just like, Mm. "What?" And you
3: and you can't plan for that kind of stuff. We were just like the fortunate bloody bastards who got there. You know, like you cannot plan that. Like you know, it's literally once in a lifetime thing. Like you know, if we're lucky, you know, we'll do it again. But like
0: freaking hell, it's it's awesome and it's so lovely. And what's so nice is you're still in that. But, but it's still there. It's not like, oh, that was tenure. It's now you're living it. You're part of this. You're still dash cam the, you know, it's coming because the guys behind host made, you know what I mean? It's all that. And that's lovely. And the fact that you're guys working together again, keeping that team is something we talked about right at the start of this was who your collaborators are, who you work with. Those people are so important. And it is. And look what you guys are doing. It's fascinating. Well done. So we've got three minutes. Let's whip through these questions. Uh, Mr. Sharp spoke about the idea of a killer treatment. This is from David Olivier Pinera. What does a killer treatment mean? Oh, gosh, we will have to be quick. That's the long one, isn't it? Yeah, again, one, just
1: something it? that gets past my amygdala. It just it makes me instantly go, right, I, I want to, I don't know, pursue this a little bit further, like an email or whatever, you know, a, a concept. It doesn't have to be all bells and whistles. It could just be a log line. Uh, just something that just personally grabs me that's what I say when I say killer treatment
0: great Uh, this is from Kelly Thompson Gemma i would be curious as to your process for script writing outline notes cards timeline Uh, you can go listen to the podcast the filmmakers podcast where Gemma does her own (laughs) episode great names Giles (laughs) it is 224 uh, but click uh, write her name in anywhere in your podcast and you will find that Uh, she goes in deep about her process it's brilliant from Russell Palmer what tools or processes do people use to help them with their writing e.g hire pro Ghostwriter, writer or student intern any apps online tools forums writing on reddit etc when hashtag writers block so i suppose it's tools to help them with their writing every, every single
2: thing i ever write starts on the notes app on my phone on my, on my computer 100 mm, mm-hmm. percent. and you, you don't need fancy Fancy software i mean final draft is standard and it is good it does help you out a lot but we wrote a host on google docs didn't we jim like we wrote on google
0: docs don't tell anyone <laughs> that's amazing but why not It got it done right i suppose it's trying i think there's four questions in one but maybe just to say when you have writer's block where do you go for that inspiration is there somewhere you go for i suppose we touched on it earlier with the reddit examples or something but is there anything that unlocks your mind
3: just scribble, scribble, scribble without judgment. Just vomit out. Let's just get out of your head and connect with your
0: heart. We love that. Yeah, so true. Uh, Ian, this is from Kelly Thompson again. They're all from Kelly. Oh, great. No, two are. We've got one. Anthony Solomon as well. Hi, Ian. When you talk about paying a writer, what are the fundamentals for a writer to consider? And what is unreasonable related to compensation It's your own fault? <laughs> okay. Yeah,
1: no, no worries. I mean, obviously probably predominantly a lot of you guys are based in the US, right? So you'll have a union gig and a non-union gig. Union gig, there's there's a standard rate, right? non-union, whatever really you figure it out uh but i guess that's relatable to the uk okay so you will go right you, i have a rough idea now of, of, of what maybe a, a certain level of writer uh, will be getting paid and then you know i will then give say maybe 10 20 percent of what that writer's fee will be in maybe for a treatment so yeah that that's kind of how, how i work it out uh it's not too difficult but uh, again i'll always get i'll always pay uh, for sure
0: love it question uh, it's not really a question it's a statement really from jeff Deverett. It said having a successful indie film involves knowing how to distribute and release it not just produce it filmmakers need to understand audience and marketing 100 true we didn't even touch really on that side of it but i suppose you look at hosts and how brilliant they've done with their audience and the marketing behind that movie and it's very simple like jed said there was hardly any right there was none right But it worked. There was nothing. But it worked. There was no trailer before the film came out. But what it did do was have word of mouth and word of mouth was so huge for that film. And maybe if there was a trailer and a poster, you don't know do you how it would have gone. But anyway, I think that I think that's really interesting. Uh, the countdown time has finished. I think we're gonna wrap it up very soon. Thank you so much for joining us uh, on this panel all of you wonderful listeners who've been sat so patiently down below. Uh, I believe we're going to another room now, but if you do like this, you like what we talk about, we do this all the time on the Phone Makers podcast, come join us. Uh, thank these two wonderful people, Jed and Gemma, uh, and go follow them on their socials. They're obviously lovely people. They work their asses off, which you have to do in this industry, to make stuff happen uh, let's just do a final little uh inspirational sort of shout out or question really if you could sort of tell your younger self something someone who's up and coming filmmaker out there now to give them some advice uh what would it be
1: what would i say to myself is man just have more fun in your life like you just don't take it mm. too serious like it, if it happens it happens but try and try and have a life uh because it can just be all consuming right uh, that's what I would say to my younger self, for sure.
3: Easy one for me. Uh, don't wait to be anointed, um, basically. Like, you know, don't. You, this isn't about seeking other people's approval, this industry. I know it can feel like that for writers, but um, it's all about what you want to do and following that rather than trying to seek other people's approval with your work
2: basically yeah i was i'm was gonna say a very similar thing that don't don't chase mm. trends do do your original piece because that's gonna get get noticed more but also like the the main thing to remember for anyone in the film industry is just don't be a dick just just be kind mm. people talk just be kind help other people they will help you um it's kindness is free so i don't know why more people don't do it but like honestly If you're just a nice person and you have a modicum of talent, you will get far. Uh, People forget that first bit sometimes.
0: So true. It's one of the toughest businesses out there. And again, we're not, you know, saving lives, etc. But we're making movies and it's tough. And you've got to be resilient. You've got to be strong. You've got to know what you want. And you've got to take it without trampling on people along the way. You've got to support your fellow people. And you've got to really, really work hard and try and plough through. Because there's so many scripts and so many people. But you can do it you want to do it you can do it that's our pearls of wisdom uh thank you everyone this has been ace really enjoyed it